Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Welcome to another members episode, everybody. We are here with another heater. We got William coming on the show. And you know what? He's got a different name. I'll let you kind of hear his different name during the episode. It kind of threw me for a curveball. But nevertheless, William comes on the show today to talk about his experience with bringing in a Papua New Guinea mask to his home that was haunted. And it created havoc in his life. And this thing was targeting him and would not let him alone. Even after he removed it from the house, it came back. So let's get to William right now. All right. Today we got William on the show. William, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Tony. Life's good. Life's good. Life is good, man. So uh, we're like 40 minutes behind schedule here because uh, <laughs> we had some technical difficulties, but we got it up and running here. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, any damage was done. You know, no. uh, you still got your hair. I still have no hair. It's all good. You know, so <laughs> uh, listen, William, you contacted us about uh, obtaining a cursed mask from uh, yep. Papua New Guinea. And, uh, and well, things happened. And so I, what I want you to do is, uh, share with me and the audience, obviously, you know, how you obtain this mask, where did it come from? All that stuff. And then okay. 
you know, what happened? So talk to me about the cursed mask from Papua New Guinea. <laughs> okay, well, just to kind of set the stage a little bit, I'll give you like a little brief history of uh, kind of where I cam- come from um, and what led up to me actually obtaining this thing. Uh, so I come from a very, very spiritual household, you could say, a very Christian household. Grew up in a, uh, like all the way across the board. Uh, my parents divorced when I was very, very young. And uh, they both remarried other people, but they both remarried great people. Uh, so they took some broken eggs and they made a pretty good omelet out of it. Uh, gave me a good life. Had two stable households instead of one broken one. So they did they did the best they could. And so I'm very appreciative for the upbringing that was given to me. And my my mother has always been very very spiritually attuned. Uh, she has she's what we call a prayer warrior. Um, she's uh, got the gift of prophecy. She can always just see things that are like are about to happen. We'll, we'll have shared dreams all the time. My mother and I, uh, like we've, we've had the shape, the same dream multiple times. Uh, she, we've had experiences spiritually speaking, both in very positive ways, uh, that have impacted our lives and, uh, then I had this extremely negative uh, spiritual experience. Uh, I call it my spiritual scared straight program, I guess you could call it, that I went through. Because at the time that this happened, I was in a fairly dark place in my life. I was in a bad job. I used to I used to be a jail officer for the sheriff's department. And I was working there and was just surrounded by darkness all the time. I was working night shifts. So it was dark when I go to work, dark when I go home. Uh, so... In a metaphorical and spiritual sense, my life was dark. And then also like in a reality, physical manifestation, my life was dark. So it was like uh, reality was manifesting what was happening within myself. Um, And I had a friend who he came down on some tough times and I won't air out his dirty laundry for him. But uh, uh, basically, he ended up living living with me for a little while uh, until he got back on his feet. and while he was here, he took a job at uh, interior decorating company, and he was like a warehousing manager for them. So, and he would be working in the warehouse for this interior decorating people and just taking in objects and like things that people could decorate their house with. And they just had a multitude of stuff between uh, handmade benches and tables and paintings like just a whole whole mess of things in that warehouse well if they had items that wouldn't sell they would give him give them to him if he wanted them and say hey you can take some of these things home and one of those items happened to be that mask and so that's that's how i came into possession of it was he brought it home and i was like oh it looks pretty cool uh and we threw it up on one of the cabinets and all this happened here in this house where I'm at now. I'm still, still living in the same place. Um, but it didn't take probably 24 hours, probably two days at max before we noticed things happening. And, uh, the first indicator was actually a picture we caught. We caught a picture of a physical manifestation, which is one of the clearest pictures of a physical manifestation I've ever seen. I've got it on my phone. I can send it to you uh, if you want to put it on your website. 
yes, please. Uh, or, or anything. I can send you that picture, but it's very clearly the upper torso of a man standing in the doorway in the room right next to this one. And we saw that and we were just confused. We we're like, how'd that get into the picture? Like, was that somehow did that come from TV somehow? Like what we didn't know what it was. Well, then doors start opening on their own, uh, start slamming shut on their own. Uh, we hear walking up and down the stairs. We hear, Oh, a woman crying in the stairwell like that that was pretty consistent there was always the sound of a woman just sobbing in the stairwell just crying and um so these events begin to unfold i tell some of the people in my family about them and now they don't really believe me at first um but i invite my grandfather over one night and tell him well just come stay over here and we'll see what happens but a few things happened and one most notably of which was i opened the basement door and this very deep loud growl just reverberates from the downstairs all the way up just this growl and so he was like okay so I know something's going on. Don't know what it is. Don't understand it. Um, so he starts making phone calls. And my grandfather, he was uh, the director of Homeland Security for Georgia at one point. So he's, he's a fairly well-connected individual. I'd say so. Um, he, uh, he gets in touch with a private investigator who brings with him another man who specialized in investigating the occult for the FBI. And so they come over and at this time we have no idea that this activity is attached to the mask. Um, so I have, you EBT. had, when you guys got the mask, you had no idea there, there was no, no. legend behind it. <laughs> no, there was no indication. It was just okay. this, it's just this cool, like tribal looking ancestral mask kind of thing that, looked like decoration and we just threw it up forgot about it and then just the activity just started and we didn't we had never put it together at this time like this is about six months of activity that's going on um i remember one day we're doing an evp session downstairs and we're trying to figure this thing out and my buddy patrick uh he goes stiff as a board uh just standing next to the washing machine he is totally motionless not responding to what i'm saying and in my mind i'm like okay something's got a hold of him and he's just standing there looking down not looking at me and then as soon as i touch him whatever was grabbing onto him let's go and he takes off running he just runs and books it back upstairs and i asked him i was like dude what happened he was like I don't know. Like something was in me. I couldn't move. It was like, I was watching myself outside of myself. Wow. And I couldn't move. So it, this thing never physically affected me, but it physically affected other people that would come here. So it was, it was like, it was actively trying to get me by myself. Um, and in a way I was kind of doing that to myself too. Cause I, I was like isolating 
from everyone because of this. And yeah, it was, it was tough. It was pretty tough. So you, you, uh, you did the EVP session. Now, was that EVP session that you did, uh, before you talked to your grandfather about all this? Um, in the midst of it, it was, uh, talking to my grandfather and everything. Like those conversations happened over a period of weeks. Um, so it's like, I'm talking to him while all this stuff is going on. And then we're also like kind of conducting our own little investigation into it, trying to figure out what's going on. And, uh, he didn't get the private investigator over here until later after that. Um, but the investigator, his friends come up, comes over and the guy who investigated the occult, he took one look at that mask and said, get that thing out of the house. Like he didn't, he hardly had to investigate at all. He took one look at it and he brought it down. He started breaking down some of the symbolism on it. There was like owls painted on it, which is like representative of Moloch and, so he took it and well, he didn't take the mask at that point, but he's just like taking images of it. And he's like, I'm going to do some research with like, he's got anthropologist friend of his, that he's going to consult about it and all this stuff. That's how we found out where it came from was because he had several other experts that were like looking at the images of this thing and trying to decipher where it came from. And they determined that, it was most likely made by a tribe of cannibalistic witch doctors Dang. from Papua New Guinea. And so this mask was made in the presence of human sacrifice. Wow, that's in dark. the presence of cannibalism. And there may have actually been physical human remains inside the mask itself. Wow. Because it had what looked like like little teeth in it that I thought were like seashells that they put they're like no that's i think that's actual human teeth like that's somebody they killed and they put their teeth in that mask and um but there were there were three distinct spirits or it seemed appeared to be i should say because to this day i'm not convinced that the what seemed to be the three separate spiritual manifestations wasn't the same entity because this was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.